Welcome to Music Ranked, a special production from the Toddcast Podcast. Each month, Todd and I review some of our favorite bands and musical acts. Stemming from a list Eric made a decade ago, he created an algorithm to see who exactly was his favorite band. Now, I do extensive research and rate and review every song. We talk about our memories and artist histories. At the end, we will have all music Music ranked. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. I have with me my co-host Eric. Hey Eric, how you doing? Todd, I'm doing fantastic this morning. We are geared up, ready. I've done as much preparation. I've printed out five sheets here, five total pieces of paper that gives me all types of information for our discussion today. It's the most fantastic. I've ever done. Fantastic. It's a turning over new leaf. It's a it's a new genesis of, of fun times. And that is today is going to be music ranked tool edition. So one of the things that's different between you know today's music ranked and the music ranks we've done previously is generally music ranked has been driven, Eric, off of your your list crafted lovingly in 2007 for purposes of creating, you know, a mix CD to listen to in your car that ranked all the artists you had in in order of yes. greatness. And since then you've you've done epic research and applied math and algorithms to determine which of those is actually the best. And since I got sucked into your your whirlwind of analytical fun times, uh, I put together my own list, which is not nearly as well researched as yours, but but a list nonetheless of what I would consider the top, uh, I want to say 98 or so bands, because apparently I'm bad at math and doing the top 100 <laughs> was just, you know, beyond me that day. Um, and at one point, we took a look to see, okay, well, who's on my list that isn't on yours? Because you have a lot of artists on your list that weren't on mine. Um, not that I wasn't aware of the artists or didn't like them. They're just, I just didn't have them, you know, in my top 100. Sure. Um, and that's what we've been rocking through. And you said, hey, Todd, why don't, we, why don't you find one of the ones that's on yours? Since, since you've been exposing me to a whole bunch of new stuff or at least a wider swath of the material from folks that I knew. Uh, why don't you find one of the ones that you've got? And I believe coming in at number six on my list, if memory serves, was a band that I had listed that was not even really on your radar. And that is the band Tool. So from this, you know, my thought was, well, yeah, you know, here, Eric, you, you know, listen to, listen to some Tool and we'll talk about it. And Eric went, uh, how do I best say this? You went full Eric on it uh, and, you know, sure. got their discography and, you know, hit hit the podcasts and the, the YouTubes and, and did the, the same level of deep dive research you do for all of the, the other bands on your list. And you applied that to Tool. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about that. So that well, that is true, Todd. See, what happens is just because it's, you know, Tool is going to get to the point where I was going to have to do this anyway. So I was aware of one Tool song. I knew the song Schism, and that is um, that was the extent of it, probably. I knew okay. of Tool, and, and I don't really know if I had a an idea of what their music was. I, and, if it, and if I did, it, would, it, it turned out to be pretty actual. So I pictured Tool <laughs> as kind of um, – so I remember the band Stained. I think it was like yep. late 90s, early 2000. Um, yeah, I, I, for, I just pictured them in the same like kind of, uh, you know, same kind of genre, which right. which, I, you know, I haven't listened to Stain for a long time. <laughs> so I can't tell you now if they if they, you know, 
if they sound similar or have that same. But I just remember like the actual like album art and or like the grungy kind of I wouldn't say it's super industrial, but it's kind of um, it's kind of like that late 90s, early 2000s, like. I don't know graphics, and by by that it's kind of kind of like <laughs> shadows, almost like horror movie kind of stuff, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I, think I pictured I gotcha. it in a visual sense. You know, like right. you you know those kind of you know maybe like the like the poster for the the ring or or one of those. And I haven't watched horror films for a long time, so I I have you know forgive me. What's what's the uh, movies that uh, our mother likes? Uh, that Saw. Just complete. Yeah, like like graphics for that, and that's just how I pictured the band to, to look like. And I don't think I was too off, because after looking at their album art, they're all oh, kind of yeah. crazy, and it kind of makes <laughs> sense too, um, because it turns out like one of the main guys, the the guitar guy, actually worked in like practical effects and um, for movies, oh. and like he's a sculptor, and he I made know this. he made a crap ton of those like creepy looking eerie you know creature films and stuff and i know he worked on uh he worked on a tremendous amount of films and his name and this is where i have my sheet because i you know since this isn't a group that i've lived with his name is adam jones all right so adam jones is their guitar player and he uh was super into art and even worked on like jurassic park helping sculpt dinosaurs and stuff like that and he went through like a list um of different uh you know different creations and projects he worked on before he even kind of went into the band, um, you know, and uh, you, that, that was one of the early starts, but for the most part, that's kind of how I originally thought of tool. And, um, and that's kind of, what would you say their genre is Todd? I would, if, if I had to, to summarize, I would say that they are sort of a, a mashup of hard rock heavy metal and prog rock they 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 are the heavy metal equivalent of pink floyd is is kind of where where i would put them yeah i think there were many times where i was listening i say i could see this being a modern day little heavier pink floyd you're right that is yeah uh, you know like so when you when you you know i know your list so your list has a lot of your, your list is meshed between classic rock and kind of this this style of music like you have nine inch nails and um uh, give me a couple of maybe henry rollins band maybe i haven't listened to his so i don't know if it's similar you know he, he started off punk and kind of got, got a little more hard rock as, as time moved on he he did some guest vocals on a tool song uh yeah no, I, enough, yeah so, so it, it, yeah. T- it ties together there but no my, my tastes tend tend toward you know the heavier end of things and, yes. and classic rock is probably what the bulk of my my list is whereas yours tends to skew more classic rock and um pop you, so you i guess i guess say pop it would be it'd be pop like 80s pop or like uh it, it just just a just a lighter touch a, a, a little little softer tone you've got a soft spot for the soft rock and, oh, and there's absolutely. nothing wrong with that but you know i i tend to go a little harder and and therefore it wasn't really a surprise to me that, you know, obviously it wasn't a surprise to me that Tool was on my list, but it wasn't really a surprise to me that Tool wasn't necessarily on your list. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, you know, variations but, in taste. Yeah. No, well, it turns out, you know, so I went through my entire process. So luckily they only had, geez, maybe six. The, it, it, you know, let me see here. They had seven, 
yes, I believe they had seven albums, and I think one of those was like an EP slash, um, yep. like live. So really, they yep. don't have that many produced. Um, and but it was crazy that they have a huge or like a very cult following. And oh, yeah. the Tool fans are diehard Tool fans, and they pretty much like worship everything they put out, or or they, you know, are really not necessarily critical, but like they were wanting it. They were wanting more albums, and 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 I think it was 13 years since the last time they put out an album. They just put out an album in 2019, and that's where yes. most of the most of the good juices came from, and where I could find like anything about the group you know, um, was more like press tours or they went around and interviewed talking about how they made their latest album and there was a YouTube video for it and, and so forth. But Todd, where did you like first come in contact with Tool or did you listen to them from like day one? It seems like they first album was 1993 for your reference. Yeah. And it, like, like I said, I, I would have been early. I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, I was, I, you know, I was there when their album first dropped in line waiting for it. Um, I, I believe I, I encountered tool, um, through my, my friend in high school has, he was, he had pretty good taste in music. Um, and you know, he, he, he would sort of get that first access, you know, he was an early adopter, you know, get in there and, you know, oh, this band's coming out and get their stuff and listen to it. And their, their first album was solid. Like I, I really enjoyed it. Um, this was also, back in the day when MTV still played music videos uh, yeah <laughs> which which I, I, I'll say for a lot of the a lot of the music of that sort of time frame you know the the late late 80s early 90s um, you know that that definitely factored in to just your, your sort of musical landscape like you, you'd hear the stuff on the radio you'd hear you know your friends CDs but you'd also see things on MTV and it, I don't I don't know that it necessarily made me like things more but it added another element it sort of reinforced you know mm, i like this song oh and the video is pretty badass too you know sort of a thing um and i don't know if you if, if if in your your studies you saw any of their their old videos um but you know you mentioned that uh dude was was artsy um mm -hmm. a lot of them were sort of you know stop motion i don't know if it was claymation but but you know, animated sort of things that were like just creepy as hell uh, yeah. that added, you know, that I think probably helped to add to that, that sort of, you know, creepy mystique you mentioned. Um, but yeah, I remember rocking out to them. Eh, 93 sounds about right. 93, 94, uh, somewhere between when I uh, graduated high school and, and started going off to various colleges and such. Um, that's, that's where I got my first, first dose tool. It was, it was good stuff. Um, and you mentioned, you know, they only have, you know, like a handful of albums. Um, and you also mentioned, you know, sort of the, the almost cult-like following. And I, I think that, you know, they, they've hit on, uh, whether it's intentional or not, sort of a, a good formula for such a thing. Because, they you know, they put out an album. It was a solid album. Everybody enjoyed it. And then it took forever for the next album to drop. And it was awesome. Like, it was kind of, we're going to give you some stuff. We're going to make sure it's good. We're going to give you some high-quality stuff and leave you thirsty for more. And we're going to make you wait <laughs> to get it. Yeah. Because like, like, like you said, they, they just dropped an album in 2019. And I, th I, I don't remember, I don't have the date offhand, but when the, the, the one prior to that would be, would have been. Um, I think it was 2003 or something. It was like 13 years. 
It was uh, yeah, actually, I do have it handy. Yeah, 2006. Oh, six. Um, okay. And I remember, <laughs> I remember getting that and thinking that it was just, it was just fantastic. And when they announced, hey, we've got an album coming out, like that was one of the few albums that the day that it was released, I, I hopped immediately onto iTunes and bought the thing because it's just it, based on their previous body of work. I knew that it was going to be stuff that I would like, that I would enjoy and uh, here have my money. Um, yeah. And, and for me and I, and, you know, I know a couple of a couple of, you know, a few other people, a couple of guys at work that are, you know, big fans of tool. And like, you know, when we heard it was coming out, he and I were hanging out by, you know, the water cooler going, Oh man, tools coming out with a new one. It's going to be awesome. Whatever. Um, it sort of builds that, you know, that scarcity sort of helps build the excitement. And, you know, when I got the album and listened to it, I was not disappointed. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the old saying, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Is that how, Indeed. you know, so, you and, and by the way, I was right. It was 13 years. I just had very bad math. Um, well, because you know. <laughs> 2003 and 2019, that is yeah, not yeah. Uh, the way you do the math. So, yeah. well, Todd, I think what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a little break. All right. I'm going to fill my okay. coffee up. Um, and uh, then you, when we come are you, back, are you trying to make the, make, make the listeners hearts grow fonder with our absence? Yeah. Listen, listen, I'll, except for, I'll <laughs> give you some of this wonderful audio. Don't know if you can hear that. That was a little bit of the coffee break. And mm, when we come back, nice. we'll go ahead and talk about maybe some of the songs, some of the albums, um, you know, some of the reference material that we found for the wonderful tool. Sounds good. When buying clothes, you have choices. You can be stylish, be trendy, be outspoken, but those are all the wrong answers. We want you to be like Justin Bedline. Be beige. Why show personality in your clothing when you can lock yourself away and be forgotten? Franchise 10 Apparel has been bringing the best clothes and accessories that'll never be seen. Even hermits wear shirts. Visit justinbenline.com and save 30% off the Justin Benline collection. Justinbenline.com. No personality, no problem. Be beige. All right, Todd, and we are back uh, from that lovely break. We uh, so when I was going through Tool, all right, and it wasn't very difficult to listen, uh, you know, in order of their albums. It was, you know, the, it, it, the first album was actually a little bit different. It seemed a little bit more, um, I guess, grungy, maybe more yeah. of like a Nirvana esque feel. And slowly yeah. but surely, it moved more towards a progressive and a uh, experimental style um, with very long, and I don't know if this is, this is probably from the get-go, very long songs. We're not talking, you don't get your little three, four-minute, you know, Beatles-esque little, you know, uh, song, and then, you know, move on to the next song, and then you know, have 16 songs or whatever on a track. We're talking, you know, 10, 13 minutes per song. Oh, yeah. Uh, with very integral, like, moments, um, it, you know, whether it be you know, there's probably three or four different beats in, in each song that could be separated almost to like what you would see in some of the Pink Floyd stuff. Yep. And that's where I kept on drawing comparison. And I, I mean, oh, I yeah. remember a couple of times listening. I said, wow, you know, this is really, really, really good music to write to for me because it wasn't right. like it. And it could be two things. And I don't know. And we've discussed this before, which doesn't really have anything to do with Tool, but just listening to music in general. It's very difficult to write 
Wilder's songs that are like singing with with actual lyrics for me at least. I have a very difficult <laughs> time, you know, writing you know pure thought whether it be on a keyboard, paper, whatever, and trying to right. actually formulate the next sentence while somebody else is, is screaming about, you know, the girl they loved, you know, and that's probably a Chicago well, album. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, especially if they're songs that you know and you know all of the words and, you know, whether you're, you know, physically singing along or just sort of yeah. singing along in your head, it, it takes your mind off track. You know, you, you're absolutely right. Like when I when I sit down to to write, I often will put on, you know, either classical music or I've got a whole playlist that's just instrumental music. You know, there's there's a lot of, you know, Nine Inch Nails or, or Trent Reznor soundtrack and instrumental stuff that goes in because you, you can you can enjoy the music and still, you know, have your brain functions available for writing. Um, yes. And I can see where where Tool would 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 fit that niche for you because there are, you know, like you said, they've got some epic songs that that, you know, go go for a long time and there's complexity there to keep your keep you interested and, and to enjoy the listening but you know by the same token there are you know often long instrumental sections where there isn't you know some singing happening and and for you being you know sort of new to them you don't know all the words you're not you're not you know sort of following the bouncing ball That's along yep. in your brain and i can see how that would make sense and how that would work out work out for you yeah, I'm looking here, and there was uh, out of all the songs, there were 65 qualified songs, which means there were probably more, but they were live. Which typically, I, I you know, I kind of cheat, and sometimes I don't listen to live versions um, because I disqualify them from the ranking. Uh, but for the most part, 65 qualified songs, meaning I listened to 64 brand new songs because the only ta- song that I knew from Tool was Schism. So, right. Um, so I wasn't sure if it was a matter of, well, I don't know this, but they're not really heavy lyric songs. So it's not like there's very few songs where I felt like he was just like, you know, it was just mostly his lyrics and not the music. So I found Mm -hmm. myself really hammering out some, you know, some work over when I was listening. Um, but that also kind of made it difficult for me to say any song stood out to an extent. Like I really, you, you could probably play you know, 10 different tool songs and very unlikely I'm going to be able to name the, give you the name of it. You know, I know there's two songs that I know names of and maybe through time, I'll probably get the names of them, but it just, it seems like the type <laughs> right. of band, it doesn't seem like it's the type of band that has like that hook where you're like, Oh, that's obviously that song, you know? Well, and or, again, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, you know, that, that at least for me, that's, that's another sort of Pink Floyd symmetry because you know i love dark side of the moon and the wall mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the the names of the songs are not always real obvious based on you know the, the the lyrical content sure um and so you know it's only recently as it's you know since i've been we've been having these kinds of discussions and i've been paying attention to that that i'm like oh that's what young lust is because you know previously like i don't know which song that is you yeah. know like yeah like mm-hmm. in and you, you've got a similar similar thing here, and I think the other piece is, and this is this is going side tangent away from Tool and more and just general music thing. Um, you know, as a person who who grew up listening to cassette tapes and then and then CDs, I don't know. It just seems like when you when I had a physical package to look at that had like the song, the track listing on it, I, I paid more attention to that. And, and knew which song was which and what the names were. Whereas nowadays, with it being digital, 
and you just hit play this album and then put your phone in your pocket and don't look at it. Like they're all good, you know, they're good songs. Do- doesn't mean to detract from the songs themselves, but I'm less likely to know what the titles are for them because they're just sort of sure. happening in the background and I'm not paying as much attention. I don't know if that's just me. No, or, I, 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 or I think that, it's probably. The only other way I would say is since people might not be downloading or buying songs like or, or albums like they used to, if you go out mm. and seek an actual song, then you only have to memorize the one. So, so eh, that yeah. might be opposite in a sense if you're just getting a song. Uh, you'd have to seek out and say, oh, I heard this song on Spotify. Pay attention to the name, type it in, and then the whole art of typing or writing something down will make you, you remember it. But you're right. In my opinion, if you just download an album, from iTunes or whatever, and you put it on there. It's just like, yeah, you're you're just. I mean, you might know it is, but then again, you definitely don't know the number of the song anymore. Where back in the day, with the CD player, you knew exactly oh. what numbers you liked. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you know, play track, we're now, play track three. Like you might not it. necessarily know the name of it. You're like, you know, track three mm-hmm. is jam. That's it. No, that's it. No. Yeah. So we're, life is a little different in that in in that aspect. But yeah. you you know, we we keep talking about Pink Floyd, and it was referenced in an actual podcast I listened. So let's talk about the lead singer. Uh, Maynard James Keenan, which is a fun name. Uh, he kind of oh, gave that to himself because I believe his name is his name was officially Jimmy or something like that. So it sounded to me like he had a bit of a troubled <laughs> past, um, uh, you know, history where, you know, his mother actually had a stroke, um, I believe, when he was 11. But he was um, part of a Christian faith that did not believe in like medicine or healing. So the whole she was not necessarily incapacitated, but like not being able to be treated for a very long time. And uh, I believe, you know, and she, she might even lay, lay in like a vegetative state, um, right. which, which is the, there's a lot of songs and references uh, in the albums that's talking about that. I believe oh, the yeah. 10,000 days album name is based off the, how many days she was like, uh, I guess, vegetative in the, in the stroke right. or so forth. Um, but overall he is, he was painted in, in a several podcasts uh, as a very unique and uh, I, I wouldn't say better than you persona, um, but he he isn't your normal just, you know, singer that's down to earth or anything like that. Maybe he's an in, in, intellectual uh, or uh, to kind of spit it out in a weird way. And I'll tell you why I'm, th- why I'm even saying this. Let's, the first podcast I listened to, and I'll have to give you this backstory, it was a podcast called your favorite band sucks. All right. Oh, yes. And what this, and it's a comedy style podcast in which these two hosts get on there and they don't let you in on the joke at all. They legit just take a band and they rip the band apart for 30 straight minutes. And that was the first <laughs> one I listened to. So I listened to it and they painted the, the lead singer that he hates all his fans. He's, he's always the guy that thinks he's better than you. He's not going to, you know, like if you're in a room with him, he's too smart to talk to you. And every single song that he puts out there is actually making fun of his loyal fans. And that's why he takes forever. And then Maynard Jaden Keenan uh, is in several other bands because he hates the tool fans so much that he wants to do another band. And they basically just crapped on him the entire time. Well, right. my first impression, and then I'm like, oh shit. Um, every single podcast that I'm listening to is an interview with this dude. And I'm like, I don't want to listen to interviews <laughs> with a guy that like this. Right. Um, so 
So I had that, and I even talked to you. I was like, I don't know, Todd, this guy, you know. And you're like, well, you know, I know he has a vine, uh, he, like, he, he makes wine, and he's into all this other stuff and, and, and so forth. And he is a, he seemed to be like a unique individual. But right. so I had this painted picture, but then I started listening to his, his stuff. And right off the get-go, the first, the very first podcast I was listening to, he started talking about Lucha Libre wrestling. He started talking about loving Monty Python. He said his, <laughs> his biggest influences were Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I completely got, you know, fooled by this podcast who they might think of that, but they take the extreme version. And right. the dude, the dude was really likable, did not come off like, a, you know, he came off as intelligent for sure. Like, like, right. he, you know, and, and he puts a lot of work and effort into the process of making his music, but by no means, it seemed like the guy was just like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to do a whole bunch of things that I like. I'm not devoted to only making tool songs or whatever, you know? Right. So right. I, I, I personally enjoyed him. Um, seems to me like he, uh, is, he runs with the same circles of people that I like. Uh, he was part of a lot of, um, was it Mr. Show, Bob Odenkirk, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 He, he, he runs with that crowd, which that, that crowd is right in there with, uh, you know, I believe the crowd with the state, the people, the guys from the state, yeah. you know, which right. you know, when we're connecting dots, they're in with Weird Al Yankovic and Weird Al Yankovic is in with Lin-Manuel Miranda. So, I mean, we're like, these are, these are influences hardcore for me. So I'm like, yeah, right. this guy is not bad at all. And then when I listened to a podcast with Adam Jones, his guitar player, he straight up um, was on an interview with Chris Jericho, which is a wrestler. And he is right. a diehard wrestling fan, like legit, even the indie stuff, like the underground, like cult stuff that I kind of like. He was right. into that. And I'm like, yeah, I can get behind what this band stands for. So I was wrong. And l moral of the story, do not listen to your favorite band sucks as your first introduction to an actual band. <laughs> you know, you listen to it after you know if you like the band or not, but do not get right. swayed and listen to that first. So, gotcha. which they've, they've done a lot. I mean, I've listened to them with Bon Jovi, Queen, and, and probably even the Beatles. They pretty much shit on everything, and I've been okay with it. Uh, this one right. was one that I was like, maybe I shouldn't do that. So, yeah. have, you, have you had any instances, or, or have you listened or read anything on uh, the, the lead singer? Maynard see that's see that's the thing like like I I've enjoyed their music you know for well decades at this point no matter whether you, whether or not Eric you can do the actual math on that or not it still works no out I don't think decades yeah you know I pardon me I tend to not dig that deeply into the bands themselves and it's not because i i don't want to know or i'm not interested it's just normally if if there is something that i'm curious about i'll poke around a little bit and and sort of as a side effect learn learn about the band but it's mm -hmm. not like uh, you know i I, kn I knew that uh that maynard was was the lead singer because he's 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 probably the most uh most vocal and most um visually present person in but like sure. like if you're talking about tool maynard's going to come up and you'll yeah. you'll well, he's you know, the lead singer of a band that's right that's he's the front man like that that makes <laughs> sense yeah um and and like you said he does have a couple of other groups going um you know a perfect yeah. circle is is one of his side projects and i really enjoy their music also and again he's the common piece but like i couldn't have told you any of the names of the other people in the band not that i you know besmirch them it's just they're not on my radar and i've not really dug in like i had seen or heard through the grapevine 
pun fully intended, that that Maynard had a vineyard and and does yes. that. Um, I feel like there was at one point I was walking through, you know, a, a Barnes and Noble, the magazine rack, and there was some sort of, you know, guns and ammo style magazine that he was on the cover of. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. But like, I've not really dug too deep into who he is or who any of the rest of them them were. Um, so on that front, you again, as is typical for, for music ranked episodes, have the, the have done the homework and have far more of a, a storehouse of knowledge of that end of it than sure. I do. Like I can speak yeah. to the music and you know what, what that means to me and, and those sorts of things. But when it comes to the actual band, uh, I'm a, I'm a, as always lean pretty heavily on you for that front. Well, <laughs> uh, we mentioned, we mentioned Maynard James Keenan and then Adam Jones. The other two that were prominently in the band is a guy named Danny Carey and Justin Chancellor. And they actually did a podcast, which was really interesting where they actually talked about the entire process of making an album. And I found this kind of fascinating. So it turns out that the three members of the band, the, the you know, the, uh, the, um, everyone but Maynard, basically, they get right, together and right. they flush out the music and they make the actual demo tapes of the music to a T, right. like to its final. Then they hand it over to Maynard, who then does all the lyrics. And, and like, I found that fascinating. <laughs> well, that and I is feel the craziest I, thing I, I've ever heard. And I feel like in the lead up to their, their most recent release, I remember seeing or reading or hearing something to that effect and thinking, huh, that's weird. Because I just, I just would have assumed. Because when you listen to the music, the lyrics go so well. With it. Mm -hmm. You just assume that everybody is doing this together. And I guess, you know, I've never been a songwriter. I've never been in a band. Yeah. But I guess in my brain, somehow I got the notion that, you know, quote, the way that works, unquote, is, you know, the guy who's writing the song, the guy who does the lyrics, works up his, you know, writes those down and sort of sings them to the group. And then the group figures out the music to go around the lyrics. Like, I don't yeah. know if that's accurate or not, but that's just how I always envisioned it. And that this is, a, you know, 180 degrees from that did kind of blow my mind a little. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, that's yeah, that's, that blew mine. That's unexpected. Well, you know, and the thing is, that makes it um, a ne next level for me because I find so they basically put together what they want to hear in terms of sound, which mm -hmm. makes me really appreciate tool a lot because I, we've had discussions before i don't hear lyrics like i'm right. listening back to some of these podcasts and they're like yeah they're so deep with these lyrics and they mean this and they have these double entendre and then like all these things that make it like well that's really cool and i appreciate a good lyricist you know like i just right. don't hear it like when i'm listening to a song i don't know what that song's about and that's just how i listen to music <laughs> i listen to the background right. like i could not tell you you know, but, you know, I love and that's why I really love listening to podcasts where they break down the actual songs or the albums right. like that is probably my favorite style. And when I'm researching, I'm just like, all right, break down this song for me. Tell me a little bit what they do and tell me the nuances I need to listen for or the really clever lyrics. And then I go right. back and then I listen to it. Uh, but for the most part, like they're putting together their entire album and their song and they say it has to be like 100 percent done before they pass it to him, because then if they try to change it, then that screws up everything for him. And that was really fascinating. And I thought that was really interesting. And I, just like you, I kind of pictured it being like the, the Lennon McCartney kind of deal where they're sitting in two chairs and one's picking away at a guitar and the other one's throwing out some lyrics and then they go back and forth. I just assumed that's how music was made. Um, right. But, you know, I guess there's. 
many different ways to, to make that happen. But so Todd, let's, um, you know, this might be difficult because I, this is the reason I printed stuff out because like I said, <laughs> I, I did not know names of songs. So when right. we're talking about actual uh, metrics here, so I'm going to ask you the loaded question of what is your favorite album? And this might be easier for you <laughs> than it was for me. Yep. So probably what... I've, I've got a little deeper history on this and a whole heck of a lot higher play count, I should think. Yeah. So, so let's, let's go with what your favorite album is. Give us a little background of maybe, you know, some of the, why maybe when it was made, you know, it could have been, you know, and uh, yeah, go, go with that. So I would say, and, and this is, this, this is, going to sound like a cheat uh when i say i love all their albums which 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 is true if i had to pick a favorite i think i would probably go with Ten Thousand days it's a combination of that their their sound had sort of evolved and progressed mm -hmm. and you can see that in there a lot of the the lyrics sort of sort of culminate um or resonate well with me in that album there's also a factor that can't be divorced from that decision in that, you know, the time that that album came out and, you know, things that were going on in my life, et cetera, play a role in that. Sure. Uh, you know, 2006, it came out. I got it. Um, it was the early, or at least for me, the early days of, you know, MP3 players and such. And, you know, I ripped that CD into MP3 format and put it on my, my janky little, you know, only held like 120 song sure. mp3 player mm -hmm. and would strap that thing on and at the time i was you know doing the landscaping thing so i can't tell you how many you know square miles of lawn i cut jamming out to 10,000 days and you know singing along at high volumes but no one could hear me over the over the you know the sound of the machinery uh, you know it, it yeah it just resonates really really well with me Mm -hmm. um, which again is not to detract from any of their other albums, um, you know, for, uh, like, um, Anima and, and Lateralis, um, Anima came out while I was in the Navy. And so I've got a lot of memories, um, of being deployed and, and listening to those songs. And, and I, I specifically remember, um, I was in Norfolk. I was like the, for lack of a better word, sort of the secretary for for our group that was there. Um, it was a shit detail. I was not happy about it. And and I remember playing on my laptop one of the songs loud enough so that I could hear it. And my officer in charge came in, and you know the song is about hoping for you know a hurricane and an earthquake to happen to basically just drop L.A. into the ocean. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I remember and them the officer, talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> the officer in charge going, what are you listening to? What is going on here? You know, because I was a little punk, you know, uh, nonconformist guy, which doesn't really sure. go well in the military. So sure. that kind of, you know, like I said, I've got a lot of memories of things over time, but I would say if I had to pick a favorite, 10,000 Days would be it. And if I had to pick a favorite song, I think that would probably be, uh, uh, you know, a track off of that album called Right Into. Um, All right let's yes all right yes I, well look at that right into so i'm looking at my details here um and Ten Thousand days <laughs> is my my favorite album uh so obviously let me let me break a little bit down in the score uh, or mm -hmm. i won't get too nerdy um tool is known for some of their noise tracks and if there's anything that uh tanks a band it's called noise tracks and what those are are, are actual tracks with um just noise <laughs> you know they're, they're not actually a song but yet they're considered a you know song 
Um, and unfortunately, Tool had eight of them. That is uh, by far the, the largest number yeah. right now. And those are actually considered detractors, meaning they actually give the band negative points. So in our right. MPS style formula, you know, a five gets you positive points, a four gets you semi-positive, threes and twos get you nothing, meaning you get zero credit for those songs, and a one actually takes away some of the um, yeah. the fives. So yeah, well, that's sad. That's sad because, and, and this is where you and I differ in listening to music. If you have noise tracks on an album, that unfortunately takes that album down a bit. But good news, oh, yeah. 10,000 Days, which is uh, my favorite, who had the most fours and fives, had zero noise tracks. So a huge round oh, of yeah. applause. Um, it is also <laughs> my favorite. Um, it ranked, you know, it had a positive score. And I personally liked a lot of their songs, even though they're long, um, right into 10,000 Days, Wings Part 2, Wings Part 1, and Jombie, which is a different yep. name, all were solid four-star songs for me. And um, I believe it also had the five-star songs that I enjoyed, or at least one of them, which I believe is yep. The Pot. Um, yep. Or, yep. yeah, that is um, yep. that is my – that actually turns out to be my favorite um, Tool song, which – does it which makes complete sense because there's actual like singing like by itself it's just uh you could tell like if you were listening to all the tool songs you say which one i think eric's gonna like uh you're gonna find that one and, and that makes you know yeah. that and schism were well, my only two five-star songs <laughs> well and i knew when i said hey eric let you know let's let's do tool and i and i would you know sort of said here's their discography you know let, give it a listen i know about you and the noise tracks and I also, you know, knowing tools, tools catalog, like it's, it's one of those things that if you are sort of a, a progressive band or, or, or experimental, mm -hmm. that's often where you find those tracks that, you know, within the context of the album, they, they're, you know, they're, they're interstitial, they, they make sense, they, they do sort of add something. And I knew that those were going to, those were going to hit your rankings. And, and I, I was curious to see how bad they would throw things off. Um, well, and, you know, it, it, it seems like it worked out about as I would have expected, like, like the, yeah, the no. tracks on there, um, you know, the, the, I forget what album it's on, but the message for Harry Manback that yeah. is like basically just oh, some yeah. music behind what mm -hmm. sounds like, you know, somebody leaving a voicemail message. I'm like, Eric is going to rank this a one <laughs> fine. No, I don't know that I would put that on, you know, put that on repeat while I'm, you know, cruising down the highway either. But I, I knew that there were a f fair bit of what you'd call noise tracks in that, that discography. And I knew that those would have an impact. Well, one thing that I, um, they did mention is that for the longest time, they didn't let their music go to Spotify or, mm -hmm. or, um, or digital. Right. And they just recently right. did it. And they made reference that these aren't supposed to be like these, these are albums. They want you to right. listen to them as albums. So, when the noise tracks come in, if you just said, hey, how's this album work? You know, you might be able to gloss over the noise track and not do, you know, but my formula is a little different where I rank things as songs and then combine into an album. So we've discussed right. that and there, whether yeah. it be a flaw in the system or not. Well, I'm ranking the music at the lowest point and then moving it up and and, you know, making that collective summary. So, yeah, there's there's some albums that have negatives. Right. Enema, right. Enema or whatever is right. actually a negative right. 20 because it had four detractors. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so like that was not very good, but maybe the album as a whole, if you listen to it, maybe the detractors were a couple minutes long or less than a minute long or so forth. So, you yeah. know, obviously there's a different way to look at it. And that's why you and I have different, you know, you're using the actual approach most people use, which is how does that make <laughs> me feel? How did I feel? You know, 
should I, would I want to listen to that again? Did I like the songs? Right. And I'm, and I'm doing the complete math nerdy aspect of it. So, right. which, you know, obviously we all have that choice. And, and, and if you're listening along and more than likely, I would say 99.9% of you are probably siding with Todd and this is how you rank albums. But if you're that nerdy aspect and you created a formula and you're ranking these songs like that, then, you know, maybe let me know how you feel about some of these noise tracks. Um, but overall, well, Todd, I mean, I was going to say that the fact is like, I pleasantly enjoyed tool and wasn't sure if that was going to be the case. Like I wasn't, you know, I, it, I do not really like the screaming metal, the, like the, like the people that probably can't talk after one song because they just like <laughs> completely thrashed their, their, you know, vocal cords. Um, right. and I wasn't sure if tool was going to be that and they weren't, and I was very happy. Right. And I, and I discovered, I mean, there's at least 10, 10, 12 songs that I never heard before that now will be on a shuffle playlist and I will enjoy. And finding new music that you enjoy in this day and age is kind of difficult if you're a you know, classic rock boy like myself or yourself for that matter. Right. So right. I'm super, super happy with this entire progress. I have more, um, I probably like Tool more in my mind based off of the interviews, <laughs> knowing that they're wrestling fans, they're, they're Monty Python, they're British humor fans, all that. Like, I'm all for Tool now, you know? Yeah. So even though maybe, maybe they, they, unfortunately they ranked last in my total list. So, right. but well. I do love, I, you know, so, but they did have a, you know, they had a positive score and um, I do feel that they will, you know, beat out some other bands, you know, we're obviously ranking off of my, Right now, what are we on? My top 10 favorite that I thought in 2007. So if you told me Tool was going to jump in number three spot, I would have said that's insane. You know, so. Right. Well, and, and I think that would have been insane. I think, I, think if, I think if you find a new group that suddenly makes it into your top 10, there, there's a glitch in the matrix somewhere. Like well, somebody that you would yeah. enjoy that much that, that you hadn't heard of until now, that, that seems very unlikely. Um, well, or well, there's there some could, sort could of be a possibility. Error. You never know. Yes. <laughs> you never yeah. know. Well, you know, well, I'm but hoping. I would be very I mean, surprised. That's the goal. The goal is to find good music, you know, so I would love right. somebody else to jump in my top 10, but we'll find out, you know. So, I mean, I kind of discussed, uh, you know, obviously on the website, you're going to find a bunch of podcasts and videos. Uh, I found more podcasts um, referencing. There's some decent ones where they're, you know, they're short enough that they're not super long. And then there were some of them that I listened to the entire thing and I wouldn't recommend. Um, but they're on the podcast. If you're into, you know, listening to Joe Rogan and Maynard talk about everything, but music. So, <laughs> right. Right. You have any cool. lasting thoughts that you would like to leave? This is essentially, uh, this was a wonderful palate cleanse from our previous, uh, group. And I look forward to doing more of these, but do you have any lasting thoughts that you'd like to leave us with either, you know, overall opinions of tool memories of tool, anything tool related? So no, as far as parting thoughts thoughts go, um, I would you know encourage everyone to to listen to Tool because I, I enjoy them and and even for folks who are not as familiar uh, with tastes like Eric Scott, you 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 also can enjoy them. Uh, yeah, if I had to summarize why I like Tool, they sort of hit that that perfect combination of the lyrics are are meaningful, at least to me, and 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 things that I agree with. The music is you know a, a combination of some of the the sort of heavier sort of sounds that i enjoy but also you know some of the more prog rock art rock you know more melodic sort of pieces where there, there's some complexity there it's not just you know 
a bass, a guitar, a drum, and a guy singing, you know, making a happy tune. Like there, there's a lot of complexity and depth to it that if you, you know, put on the headphones and listen, you can get lost in those. And oftentimes all of those things are combined in the same song. Like one of the reasons writing two is one of my favorite songs is, you know, it's, it's, it's got the lyrical oomph that I can get behind. It's got parts where it's, it's, it's sort of slow and melodic and it sort of builds on itself, but then it, you know, builds into a crescendo of, you know, some, some pretty heavy riffs and awesomeness there. And then it comes back down. Like it's, it's a journey. And I, I enjoy that. I would say, I'm not going to go too, too far off topic here, but if you, you find that you do like tool, uh, I would recommend a perfect circle, which again, also has Maynard as the front man there. It's, 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 a, it's, it's definitely a different sound. It's, it's sort of a lighter take on tool, but no, that's, that's, that's kind of what I've got as far as wrap up on tool. Um, I'm, you know, I enjoyed this very much. I appreciate you putting in the extra effort uh, for this. I know that this is one of the first groups you've had to go in from scratch to do this level of research. Is that, is that right, uh, Eric? Yeah, I've never, um, yeah, like I said, I've listened to one of their songs. I knew one of their songs <laughs> and that was it. Um, I had zero idea of anybody in the band. It was, uh, this was a complete journey. This, but this is kind of part of, you know, like I'm looking forward to that. The, the sad thing yeah. is, you know, I kind of know, you know, I mean, yes, there are some hidden gems with some of these groups that I've listened to. There are some songs that I'm like, yeah, I've never heard that before. And this is really good. But typically what I've found is the greatest hits and the songs that you already know are the ones that are getting the fours and the fives. Everything else is getting random twos, maybe a three. But, you know, so I've so finding a band and being able to discover some new stuff was exciting to me. And, you know, and the whole goal was to learn a little bit more and. Uh, get out there now I can speak more intelligently about a couple bands and I have a couple more uh, discoveries you know listening to uh, you know a couple of their offshoot stuff and you know so overall this is a great process and you know I, it was funny because I sent you a message early on I said oh this is what I'm having you do you know like <laughs> basically <laughs> no, you know, yeah, when we, I send we, you we've reversed journey, the roles yeah yeah so so I, I very much appreciate this. And like you and I discussed before, I said, well, you know, we're going to go down that list and we're going to look at your list and my list. And, and um, every so often you're going to throw in that palate cleanse and I'm going to be excited about it. Um, and I'm yeah. sure there are going to be groups where I'm absolutely not going to like them. Um, just like I'm sending you stuff that you absolutely are not going to like. And that's just how oh, it's yeah. going to work. I um, am, uh, you, but, you know, I, I can't remember where it is numerically. But some, somewhere here in the very near future, at some point, there will be an episode in calendar year 2020 where where you're going to go on and on and on. And it's going to be a real quiet end mm -hmm. from Todd where you're talking about Richard Marks. And I got oh, nothing against man. Richard Marks. It's no, just not – not. you're going to love him. It's just not my jam. You're going to love him. I'm going to turn um, you over. They're gonna, he's he's like, going to beat out Simon and Garfunkel. Don't you worry. I feel like I feel like somewhere down the extended list you've got what is it Clay Aiken somewhere oh, in the, Clay, like there there yeah, there are definitely Clay some Aiken's... ones that I am not necessarily uh, Todd, super Todd. excited about but it's, not, it's all good. I'm not even excited um, about Clay Aiken. I'm, I'm not sure how that happened. Um, I think it's because he did a lot of cover versions of like classic songs that year or around that time. Yeah. And like so I, I was fooled. Um, yeah, that'll be a difficult day for all of us. So. I might even bring Lauren yeah. in because he was the clay ache and she might even have to help us with that one. But Todd, where does, um, go. you know, where did, no. where does tool really rank in your, in your group here? Uh, unfortunately they're dead last on my overall ranking, but that's, you know, we'll see where they can move when everything's all shuffled and said and done. So are they better than, you know, right now we've talked about the Beatles, Pink Floyd, uh, electric like orchestra, 
are they better than any of those groups? It's it it's it's tricky because there there are similarities and there are differences that make it not exactly apples to oranges, but it it's it's tricky. Like I I think you know of the of the groups we've talked about here on Music Rank so far, you know I can definitely say that the Beatles beat Tool in those rankings. Uh, you know, Tool absolutely hands both Simon and Garfunkel their asses, uh, in oh, my geez. my estimation. <laughs> to put them in context with like Pink Floyd, is is tricky. Like I feel like they almost tie because there there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, they're definitely very different, but I like both of them for a lot of the same reasons, sort of a thing. Sure. Well, yeah. Beats like Journey and Boston, just because. I'm more sure. into a heavier sound than what those those mm-hmm. groups offer. I I'd say I'd say midfield. I think this is what the 11th music ranked we've yeah. done. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say they they easily Tool easily hits sort of the midfield, probably like a, between a four and a six if I were to rank those out. Okay, well that that's that's fair. Um, I would uh, I, I'll be interested to see how how we play along when uh, we go oh, to yeah. our next. So every now and again we're gonna, we're gonna splash in. A little palate cleanse, go go with a little little something off of, off of my list, just to keep it just to keep it interesting. Switch it up, give Eric something to do because Eric doesn't have enough side projects. It's important that I no. give him you know multiple Absolutely. albums to listen to and 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 do a bunch of you know podcast and video research. Um, you know we'll we'll splash those in as we go. So and so the next next item up, we're going to go back to the the sort of original rotation, if you will. And go back to your list, of which the next next topic will be Mr. Phil Collins. Uh, uh, that that's correct. So that's a little different for. than Tool. Little little yeah, different. L- we'll, l- we'll get you on slight. that soft rock, buddy. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So all right, cool. well, I'm well, excited Eric, about that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric, for for all of your your diligent research. I'm I'm glad to have introduced you to a a, a band that you're you're going to enjoy moving forward. Uh, again, I appreciate you doing the deep dive and digging in and listening to everything and and checking out all the the podcasts and videos. I want to thank the listeners for uh, listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, I hope y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas you'd like us to chat about, you can reach out on social. Search for Toddcast Podcast. Visit our website at toddcastpodcast.com with a single D in Todd. There you will find show notes, original articles, and a backlog of episodes. If you'd enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are appreciated. Thanks again for listening to the Toddcast.